admire your courage, Miss... Uh... Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Bonjour, Monsieur Bond. Rest up, sir. I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. My God, what's Bond doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Well, tell him to pull out. Immediately. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? The martini, shaken, not stirred. Hang on, James. The thought had occurred to me. Looking for shells? No, I'm just looking. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? Do you lose as gracefully as you win? I wouldn't know. I've never lost. No more foreplay. Welcome to another episode of Bond Backwards. My name is Anders Holmes. I'm joined by Adam over Skype. This episode, we are going to be talking about Daniel Craig's first outing as James Bond, 007, in Casino Royale, directed by Martin Campbell, which was his second uh, Bond film. He had already rebooted Bond in so many ways with the 1990, uh, 1995 film Goldeneye, which was Pierce Brosnan's first film as James Bond. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That was quite a whew, take a deep breath before that sentence. Um, yeah. yeah, good to good to be back on Bond backwards. Um, yeah, Casino Royale is a meaty motherfucker of a movie, and I love it. Uh, it's it a great me, film. It makes me so happy that I shed a single red tear. Um, I will say, um, speaking of red and red and white, um, this is also. Um, this is a return to form because we'd had quite a good little era of Danes in uh, in Bond movies because you had uh, your uh, you had your, your woman in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies the the, the Oxford professor and then there's yeah. the uh, Ulrich, um, Ulrich Thompson in World Is Not Enough Ulrich Thompson in the World Is Not Enough nothing in Die Another Day um, who was in Die Another in Day in this film you get two fucking Danes you get two meaty and 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 big Danish uh, character actors uh, wait, yes, wait 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 sorry and, sorry to interrupt who who was the Danish person in Die Another Day. I said they skipped at that in that. Oh right, I thought I thought I thought you said there was a Danish person. I'm leading up to make a really cool thing, and I'm being funny about Danes first, but it's all going to come full circle. So follow me here. So, so okay. there's Danes in there's Danes in World Is Not Enough and, and Tomorrow Never Dies, which are okay if not great Bond movies. Yeah. Um, there are no Danes in Die Another Day, which is shit. And then there are two Danes in this film, which is great. Which yeah. means that if you want to make a good Bond film in the in the in the late nineties and the early two thousands, you want to put some Danes. I, I lost the thread of the point. The, 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 the main point is... It's nice Dying to see some Day. Danish people in commercial Hollywood movies. Yeah, right. Mass Miggles and etc. Um, the Die Another Day was turd, and we'll get to that next time. Yeah. It's the worst... I think it's the worst Bond film that's ever been made. I hate, hate it so much. And it came out in 2002, and yeah. then there was a big break. Yeah, there was and about... Five-year breaks are rare in the history of Bond movies, but the biggest break was between License to Kill and Goldeneye, and that was six years. Yeah. And there's been a big break between Spectre and uh, this coming movie, which is called No Time, no Time to, to Die. No Time to Die. 
no time. But to... the break, so there's a break between Die Another Day and and Casino Royale. Yeah. That, they 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 fired Pierce Brosnan. They actively rang them and said, "You're not on the film in the films anymore." Pierce Brosnan is the only actor, apart from Roger Moore, who actually wanted to play the role again. Sean Connery got fed up with it. Lazenby didn't want to come back. Dalton didn't want to come back, and now Craig is said, I don't want to do this anymore, and frankly has probably not wanted to do the last two Bond movies. Yeah. But the two worst Bonds, in my opinion, Pierce Brosnan and Roger Moore, loved playing the part. I don't know what that tells you about them. But yeah, so Pierce Brosnan was upset when they sacked him. And then there's this, uh, and then they, there was all this, like, uh, it's like the early version of, like, all the Twitter nonsense about Star Wars was the, was the James Blonde backlash against Daniel Craig. Yeah, that was weird. Like, everyone was like, you can't get a blonde James Bond and things like that. It was so weird. It was like, I mean, the film hasn't even come out yet. Give the guy imagine, a chance. Imagine what would have happened if they'd cast um, uh, Idris Elba in 2007? <laughs> oh, that would have been mad. Like, people would have been like, they would have, like, gotten their pitchforks and torches and everything. It would have been nuts. Yeah, I mean, um, it's fair to say those people were on the wrong side of history because Daniel Craig has by and large been really good and he's fucking yeah. brilliant in this film he hits the ground running with this movie particularly with that first scene you know that it's in black and white it's really like has this really cool spy yeah that's an interesting choice film yeah. film noir feel i kind of wish they had that for, for quite a bit of the film i don't know why they just kind of had it in that the opening scene and then discarded it because andy can you imagine if they'd done a bond film in like predominantly in black and white that would have been <laughs> It would never have gotten away with that. Yeah, I um, guess so. I don't know, but it was it was an interesting choice. I liked that it was he was it was very like it was kind of it was very gritty. It was a gritty Bond, like someone who wasn't he was afraid to get a little bit more down and you know down and dirty a little bit and a bit more actiony and you know can take a few punches and isn't afraid to walk around with a lot of scratches and stuff because like before he like, literally walks through a wall at one point. He yeah. literally it just walks through a fucking wall. Yeah, and then like there's a scene where he's like driving a car and someone shoots at him, and he like he's magically in a car with bulletproof glass, which is like interesting. And like someone throws a gun at him at one point, and he catches it and he like throws the gun back and hits the guy. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's just a it's just a thrill ride from the start to finish. Um, yeah. With some, I'm always a little bit confused by the. I think the last quarter of the film is a bit weak. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, the whole Venice stuff feels a bit tacked on it doesn't really like it like the film kind of ends yeah. when he's being tortured and then it kind of starts again and then it kind of carries on for a little bit so it's a little stop start stop start and then it's like it ends on a cliffhanger yeah uh, so it's like yeah exactly um it's like it's like getting to that point it does feel a bit like i don't know like a reshoot element like because i've i mean have you read casino royale the book no yeah, I mean, it's. It, I mean, the the bitch is dead. That's the last line of the book, which is also a line in the film. And the book is, it does follow a, a nice, nice sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you kind of get away with that in the sixties, I guess. But no, it's like, um, yeah, I think it, 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 the book itself, it like the torture scene is in the book. Like the way he wins the card game and loses the card game is also kind of the same. Like this, it has similar beats and stuff. But like, I think they just took. So they're playing a different game. They're playing baccarat. The baccarat, book, right? yeah, like. And then, and then they, they just. Yeah, that's one of the funny things that so that so places this film in a particular time is that they change it to Texas Hold'em poker. And I don't remember if you were old enough at the time to know this, but people were just fucking obsessed with Texas Hold'em. Like everyone was playing Texas Hold'em yeah, poker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People it was on television. People were like watching this shit. It was the most boring craze I've ever been. It was, it's like the least. Everyone thought Texas Hold'em was like the coolest thing in the world. It's like the lamest numbers game with all these bros sitting around yeah. tables pretending to be like 
I mean, it was just unbearable. We used to play it at the pub. I'd be like, can't we just have a fucking conversation? Like, yeah, oh. I, I, I do remember when I was in boarding school in England at, in Bryanston. We, I think when after this film came out, some of my friends, we would always do like Texas Hold'em in our dorms and stuff. It was kind of cool, fun, but yeah, it's like, and quoting lines from the movie and things like that. You guys are fucking cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, but, but, but this film, I mean, I remember how I felt when I left the cinema from watching this because Die Another Day had been such a turd, huge steaming pile of cakey shit yeah. that, um, that this had a lot riding on it. But I remember knowing that it was going to be, I just had this feeling that it was going to be good. A few months before it came out, I watched Layer Cake. Yeah, which, which I was think... one of the first times I'd really seen Daniel Craig in a proper like lead role. I'd, I'd obviously known him in uh, uh, Perdition and a couple of other things. But... Yeah, he was in it. He he was in. He'd done a lot of supporting roles before that. He was in Elizabeth in 1995 with Kate Blanchett. Have you seen that movie? No. He's really good in that. He's proper proper creepy in that movie, and also in Perdition, he's proper creepy in that as well. But like, um, but Layer Cake was that you know that that you know he it cemented his stardom a little bit that was like his big break that was that was like what zulu was for michael kane that got him noticed yeah and um i don't know i saw a couple of trailers i watched layer cake and i was like this is gonna be a good movie but i had no idea it was gonna be this good so i i basically think it's a near perfect bond movie and yeah. um except the ending which is bad uh, and then the i don't the, think it's bad um, but it's like it's it's messy it's, a, it's messy it's, it's, it's very it's, messy i think it's one of those things like if this movie wasn't successful and like people didn't warm up to you know Daniel Craig as Bond, and it had that cliffhanger ending. You would be bunch of people being like pissed, being like, "Oh, I wanted that movie. Why was why did no one go see it? Because it had that ending and things like that." Because it's like it's really you know you, you have to be really brave to have like a really big movie that like you know there's a lot riding on it. It's a bit like the first Iron Man film. There was like a lot riding on this, and then you had that post credit scene with Samuel Jackson being like, "I want to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative and things like that." So you know, I think. I, I think any film was going to be better than Die Another Day, but it was this this movie really turned out like surprisingly really good. Like, yeah, I mean, they, like they really corrected for Die Another Day in a, yeah. in the right in the best way. I like think. the and, action um, is is really well directed in this movie. Like you know better than it is in Quantum of Solace, mainly because the editing is crap in in Quantum of Solace, but also just like the 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 action in Die Another Day was just full blown. Like let's just throw cgi at the screen and like really bad like early 2000s cgi while this one actually felt realistic and grounded you know there wasn't that many i think i'll die another day the episode's gonna be like five minutes long yeah i have nothing to say i have nothing good to say about that film no but i felt like um, it was it was nice in this one there wasn't a cue there wasn't a money penny you know he had judy dench's m and judy dench was really good in this they actually i feel like in the daniel craig bond movies they actually gave her a lot more to do than they did like she wasn't just like the woman in the you know the desk being like go do this I thought like yeah, the, and, they, and, they, and, they, and they killed her. I mean, she also gets quite a lot to do in some of the Brosnan ones. I'll say, like, yeah, like Brosnan it was not enough. Yeah, but I think like they they used her a lot more, and I think they made her much like her 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 version of M much more of a staple to to that to the to the franchise. Yeah, I mean, it 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 certainly matched for some reason. Like her M matches better with Daniel Craig than it does with Pierce Brosnan. I think. I mean, that's just she just seems like a better fit for this kind of iteration yeah. of Bond. Um, so so yeah, I mean, uh, Casino Royale. It's 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 just a it's a big old thrill ride. There's a lot going on. There's some great fights. There's some great like poker scenes. Uh, yeah. You've got your Felix Leiter. You've got um, brother Jeremy, from Langley. Jeffrey Wright, who's uh, now the guy who's played Felix the most times. Yeah, he's um, he's he's going to play Felix again in No Time to Die. Yeah. So okay. Um, well, some of our 
shall we talk about some of our regular features? Um, what um, what's your favorite? Uh, what's the stupidest bit of this film? Actually, let's let's go straight there. Let's do that first. Uh, stupidest bit in the film. Hmm, that's a good question. I should remind myself. Um, what's your stupid bit? Just out of curiosity. I think it might be the sinking Venice house thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I which think... gets a little bit like nonsensical, and the whole way that her betrayal is revealed. I mean, that just always like it, you're just kind of scrabbling to turn up, and it and it's such a weird juxtaposition because you've had all this action, you've had all this suspense in in the main a plot with um, yeah. Le Chiffre, and all of a sudden they bring in some doofus with um, a hat, and, it, and then we're supposed to get all like warmed up for this action thing at the end. It's like instead of. I think they should have done that ending with like more of a like creeping sense of dread and rather than yeah. like another full blown action sequence and this thing of like, oh Venice is sinking and it's like eh. yeah, and then the elevator I don't know. I, that bit kind of annoyed me. Well what about I guess you? I mean I mean the Venice scene made up for the Moonraker Venice scene, so there's that. Well it didn't really I didn't, I, I mean I, I yeah, well, I suppose. I mean not the, the Moonraker Venice one is batshit. Um yeah, I mean, we'll get to the, we'll we'll talk about that. Um uh, do you have a, do you have another bit that you find stupid? I don't know the car crash bit. I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot of build. That's up. awesome. That bit's brilliant. They fucking rolled that Aston Martin like for real. Like yeah. the guy, the stunt driver did that. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm... That's a cool. That's a cool. Aspect. I don't know. I just think that whole bit there was like I could have, they could have been more of a chase out of it, and then like he sees her in the road and then swerves and stuff. I don't know. I don't, it's... Yeah, I'm just trying to find like what's like a bit I find really stupid. Uh, oh, you can have that if you like. I mean, it is a bit stupid. I don't. Know, I think it's just the way that it happens so quick is a little bit stupid. I think it does feel a bit melodramatic, especially after all of the like the the suspense in the hotel. Okay, I'll give you. I'll give you that one. You yeah, it just, it just feels a bit anticlimactic, but it does make up for it with a really great uh, torture scene, which is just yeah hard to watch. Oh yeah. Best uh, favorite location in the film. Uh, for me, it's got to be Montenegro. I, I think it looks. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be really nice down there, so uh, I want to. I'd like to go. Yeah, I think Montenegro as well, or his like little, uh, his like clinic place, which is on that little island in the middle of Lake Como. <laughs> well, you you had that for the last one. You, you're just you're just going around touring around Italy, having a lovely old time, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Are you drinking wine? Just a little bit. It's only one glass. That's so. This is very well. I suppose it's time difference, isn't it? You're, you're nine o'clock. I was like, this is very James Bondian sort of. Well, I could have uh, made like a mar- I could have made like a martini or something. My favorite scene of the movie in the, in the in the film when he orders a martini and he says, "Shaken or not stirred, do it." Does it look like a give a damn? That's a great moment. So, yeah, I mean, they, they do a lot of that like first Bond movie joking around, and it's yeah. better than they've it's it's better than they've done it um, before. And I like this idea that he's like rookie and he's a. He's a young punk who needs to be like, you know, taught some discipline. Yeah. What are the What are the other fun bits that we do for these? Uh, like, who, who do you think? Track? Who do you think? Like, if they didn't get Craig, who do you think would have like at that time any British actor at that point? Who do Who do you think would have been a good Bond? Oh, that's a good question. You know who I? Uh, my friend, uh, well, Doctor Bob, who uh, has been on the podcast before. Yeah. Uh, he says that. He thinks James Purefoy would have made a really good Bond, and I agree with him. Yeah, he's good. I, I like him. Sort of posh, big. I re- I could see him doing. I could see him as a as like in at that time doing a good uh, doing a good James Bond. What about you? 
Um, not Clive Owen because that would have been bad. That would have that would have killed the fucking franchise. You don't hear much from Clive Owen these days. Yeah, well, he's maybe it's because he's a bad actor. <laughs> he's done a fair bit. Yeah, well, I mean, like, but nothing is like, but nothing of like of note and things like that. I'm just trying to remember who like what was a really big British actor at that time that was really popular. That everyone kind of. Well, you could just you could have some fun with it as well. It doesn't have to be doesn't have to be a good choice. We you could pick like Robbie Coltrane or something. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's already been in the Bond movies. I was like, I don't know why that was the first name to pick. Like a fat Bond. I kind of love that. A <laughs> Johnny Vegas. <laughs> My name's Bond. James Bond. Pour me a smell of ice, you prick. I don't know what accent you were doing there, but that's. Uh, I was trying to do yeah. like I don't know. I was trying to do like a Liverpoolian accent, but it didn't quite come off. Johnny Vegas from Manchester. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, an interesting Bond choice could have. I don't know. Maybe like someone like I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Who who's the guy that played Begbie uh, in uh, Train Spotting? Robert Carlyle. Yeah. Well, he already played. Well, he's like... already been. He's already been in a, a bad guy in the World Is Not Enough. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know. I think he he can do like. Uh, he'd be like, he's, a, he's a bit kind of ratty looking for Bond. No, no offense to Robert Carlyle. So, <laughs> uh, but like, um, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, or, or fucking hell, is Idris Elba who was yeah, uh, doing? He, he was, you know, the Wire and everything else. Yeah, he was. Point. He was. He was in the Wire at that time, and also like Tom Hardy was kind of up and coming at that little point. He was still like young and kind of. I think he could have been. He could have been all right. All right. Yeah. So uh, got some good. We got some good candidates there. Um, yeah. So for retro. So how many? How many? Um, we've done stupidest bit. We've done holidays. Uh, do you have a favorite character in this? Um, it's got to be Mathis. I love that character a lot. I mean, he was the, he was great. They, they brought him for Quantum of Solace, but he's also just a, such a great like I don't know like that that sort of double act between him and Daniel Daniel Craig's Bond was so good. For me, it's um, it's got to be uh, Mister White. It's uh, I just I, I know I already picked him once for yeah. the Skyfall episode, but uh, I just love Jesper Christensen. That he he plays it so well. You can tell he's just having so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I I just love the idea of like the shadowy guy who's the the behind everything. So he's mine. And I and I actually did think Mass Mikkelsen was a good villain. Mass Mikkelsen did a great job in this film. Really yeah. good job. I think that really kind of opened him up to like other like to a wider audience outside of Denmark. Like he was really like he was he's, he was big in the time in Denmark, but like this like really opened opened some doors for him a lot. Yeah, because he'd kind of teased the idea of being a. Uh... I don't know, of breaking into the Hollywood with he'd been in that terrible King Arthur movie. And he'd done a couple of, I think, was this before or after Valhalla Rising or whatever it was this, called? This was before Valhalla Rising. So, yeah. So, but, that was, that, before, but that was directed by uh, Vinding Refn, Nicholas Vinding Refn. Right. Um, anywho, um, so how many uh, do it, does it look like uh, he gives a damn how many martinis we give this movie? Yeah, I, I'd probably give it like Four and a half, four maybe. Yeah, four, four and a half is fair. I'd say it's yeah. it's one of the best. I think it's in. I think for me, I don't know if it's top five, but it is close. It is one of the best Bond movies for sure. Yeah, and I think it, you know, a pretty good, pretty good start for Daniel Craig's uh, James Bond, and it'll be it'll be interesting interesting to see how they conclude his arc as that character in No Time to Die. So it'd be interesting to see you know, how it ends and if they give him a really good send off. And I think, I think it's sort of like an end of an era a little bit. So I, I don't, I mean, I don't know who's yeah. going to be the next bond after that. I mean, I think they should just give it a few years before, you know, they do the next one. Cause I feel like they just need to like, you know, have a good time of moving on from Daniel Craig to someone else. I don't know. Just, it doesn't really matter who, I mean, I just hope they find the right, right person. 
yeah, well, we can say uh, with any in, in any case that, uh, you know, that's all in the future. We're going into the past. And uh, this movie was, um, well, as you say, if if if, uh, if No Time to Die is going to be the end of an era, this movie was the start of an era. And I think it felt really good at the time. And it, yeah. and it stands up. It holds up well today. It does hold up very well. I think it holds up like over quite a lot of action films that were being made in that sort of in that sort of like generation a little bit in that sort of decade. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, cool. there was a lot of bad action movies being made at that time. Yep. So, yeah, well, that was Casino Royale, everybody. Uh, and I fold. <laughs> that hand nearly killed me. Shut up. <laughs> Stinging in the rain. That's not seven. Where's your butler friend? Oh, he blew a fuse. Shocking. Where's Drax? He had to fly. Positively shocking. You missed Mr. Bomb. I think he got the point. Right idea, Mr. Bomb. But wrong pussy. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. You expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It's a Smith and Wesson. And you've had your six. Mm-hmm.